Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Fashion No Filter. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the phenomenon of street style, because a lot goes on outside of the shows, almost more nowadays than what's actually happening on the runway. We're going to be interviewing some of the photographers who run around behind the girls wearing the clothes that you see in your magazines. Street style has become a huge part of not only Fashion Week, but the way we consume fashion in the media, the way clothes are being sold and marketed, and even, let's face it, produced, and also the way we fashion people tend to dress. We're going to explain why people are running around the shows in all the major fashion cities trying to get that photo. First up, we have one of fashion's favorite photographers, Mr. Tommy Ton. Okay, so I'm here in the very windswept Tuileries today with Tommy Ton, the wonderful street style photographer. And Merci. I. Oh, oui, de rien. Bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> so, Tommy, how did you decide who you're going to photograph outside of a show? Uh, if people are head to toe, fully branded, does that put you off or is it something else? You mean like her? Like this girl here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, there are exceptions. Yes, it is a bit too much and you know when someone is obviously sponsored and paid for to come to a show wearing a head-to-toe look but then celebrities do that too don't they there is no difference between a celebrity showing up wearing a head-to-toe look and somebody standing outside of a show whereas someone standing outside of a show it can come off a little bit desperate and you can kind of read that and you know what's a good person to photograph and what's not a good person to photograph because there's a thing called the over peacocking <laughs> no i mean obviously it's great for me you know for us street style photographers you know if someone's wearing a head-to-toe look you can focus on the handbag or details or something and sometimes it works head-to-toe yeah if you have a very distinct point of view it shows in your photos you know exactly what you're photographing and who you're photographing For those of you who don't know, the term street style refers to a modern style of fashion photography of people being caught, quote-unquote, candidly in the street, be it attending a fashion show or just maybe on their way to work. So we know that the original street style photographer we know uh, was <laughs> Bill Cunningham, uh, famous for running around in his blue coat. The late Bill Cunningham. The late, great Bill Cunningham, standing on the most stylish corners of New York and contributing for most of his career, to famously to the New York Times. It turns out that Bill Cunningham's first street-style photograph ever, possibly the first street-style photograph of all time, was of Greta Garbo back in 1978. 
Cunningham spotted Garbo, or rather her beautiful coat, dashing across the street. And he's quoted as having said, Look at the cut of that shoulder. It's so beautiful. It's perfect. All I had noticed was the coat and the shoulder. He didn't even know it was her. And that's what all street style photographers will tell you when you ask them how they first started. Be it Scott Schulman or Tommy Ton, these men who are running around taking your picture outside of shows are not like paparazzis. It's actually the polar opposite of a paparazzi. If exactly, you think about because it. they're not interested in who you are or are you a famous actress or whatever. It really is about the clothes. And they are often quoted saying that they actually had no idea who they who they were shooting at the very beginning. Well, yeah, and this is why actually street style has had a massively democratizing effect on the fashion industry. I mean, Kemi, tell me about your first memory of street style. I mean, the first time I went to Fashion Week, I just showed up at Somerset House because that's where people used to go back in the day, where most of the catwalk shows were happening, thinking that I might be able to sneak myself into a show somehow or another. And I wore this all-white, baggy outfit. And as I sort of walked into that cobblestone... I remember, that's actually weirdly the first day I ever met you, and you looked very cool. That is where we met. And as I walked in, a photographer sort of came up to me and said, do you mind if I take your picture? And I sort of took a step back and I was like, of course, um, yes. And he sort of got me standing on the side, took a picture. And as I sort of looked around what was happening around me, this was happening to a lot of other girls. And as I sort of started to talk to him, it turned out that this was Adam Katzinding of the very popular street star blog called This Is Not A Street Star Blog, Le 21 e And um, he told me actually that I was also one of the very first people he shot. The phenomenon of street style actually has affected the way we consume fashion on a daily basis. Not just because you see the pictures of these girls that are being shot candidly on the street in every magazine that you pick up now as a replacement for those like editorial shoots that used to happen, but also because actually the high street is using these shots to create clothes. If you go into the office at a Zara Inditex. Um, Inditex company factory, you will find yeah. the faces of yeah. the biggest street stars pinned onto their wall. And when you go into the store three weeks later, because that's how quickly they produce clothes nowadays to be able to react very quickly to trends, you will see an outfit exactly how it was worn by, say, I'm just going to use the most famous of them all, Chiara Ferrani, uh, the Italian super blogger. If she's worn a yellow sundress with white lace-up sneakers and a grey sweatshirt, then you can be sure that as a marketed, like the way it's been merchandised in the window of Zara, you will find a yellow flowy sundress with white sneakers and, hey, a grey hoodie. And that's where that image came from. The street style star is not a model in a campaign. It is girls, often, uh, mixing in expensive runway pieces. She is basically digesting high fashion for you and making it everyday functional because however beautiful something may seem on the runway, often it's not really possible to wear it that way in everyday life. We managed to track down a very elusive man for this episode this week. That's right. Our next guest is probably the most famous street style photographer of them all today, Scott Schumann, the sartorialist. We're here with Scott Schumann, as in the sartorialist, as in you've been following him since you were 12. Kemi, when did you first notice Scott's pictures? 
I got tagged in one of your pictures um, on my very first fashion week and it was I loved it because there were two pictures of me and it was all the blondes of London and I was like that's me both times <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of my male friends follow you um, it's one of the few times where I had messages from boys saying like you're on the tutorialist you're so cool mm. because actually I think it's one of the few websites that's followed by a lot of people that are not in fashion as well. So Scott, how do you decide who you are going to photograph? Uh, I shoot in a very selfish way. I'm very lucky. I think the thing I'm finding is that a lot of people, um, they have to shoot a lot to make their bosses happy. I'm lucky. I can shoot for myself, so I'm very picky. And um, and I just kind of wait for something that moves me, something that um, is a little mysterious, something that's a little... Um, sincere mm -hmm. and someone I think has good style you know it's a little bit of three things mm -hmm. good style interesting person good context good background good light true um you're true that true that <laughs> true that mm -hmm. preach preach you are sort of the godfather um of you're really this trying art. to make me sound old on this interview no, right you're when she old. was 12 well, and i'm the okay, godfather bill cunningham is sadly no longer with us let's put it this way you are one of the originals how do you feel about the amount of street style photographers that there are in this day and age I'm happy that I think I inspired a lot of them, mm -hmm. and uh, so it's nice to think that you moved someone to actually get out of their chair and do something. Um, so that's nice, you know, and you can't change it. It's like anything, when something becomes popular, you have a lot of people wanting to jump on that, and so I had just had to evolve. You know, when I started doing it, I had more kind of still portraits. I still sh shoot like that when I'm on the street in New York or something, but here, you have to evolve and, and actually kind of helped um, you get a different kind of shot. You know, when you have so many people running around, I can be a little bit more quiet and get a more natural shot. Someone yeah. talking, somebody moving. And, you know, I'm not um, the most gregarious guy. You know, I'm a little bit shy. And so it's kind of nice to have that, um, that mix of people around that kind of takes the focus off me. I never see you. I find you do move like a shadow. Mm. It, every time I've seen my picture, it's always been like, wait, where mm. was he? I never mm. saw him. Mm. Absolutely. Do you think that there's something lost in that street style has become such a huge production and such a huge business, um, obviously, for these photographers who are, uh, as you say, well, they and for the girls, And for the girls on the streets. Yeah, but is there something lost in the naturalness that it used to be? Are, are people really just dressing to be photographed? Good question. So, you know, a lot of people have asked me that question in interviews, and the thing I wonder is, have you ever been to Fashion Week? I mean, when I started going to Fashion Week, people always got dressed up for Fashion Week. It's Fashion Week. Yeah. This isn't mm -hmm. the paper council. That's like, literally what yeah. we just said yeah. yesterday morning on this the BBC. This is not the military Monica always says, yeah. like, what industry do you think we work in? The whole point is to dress up. Yeah, everybody got dressed up. I mean, when I started, I had a showroom. I worked at Balentino. So, like, I had gone to, show, to shows a lot before I started the, the blog. But when I started the blog, you know, people say, oh, you know, before you were going to Fashion Week and blah, blah, blah. I'm like... I very first, when I started going um, and shooting, I went to Fashion Week. I knew that was a place to go. I also went on the street and shot both. And that's one of the things I think that still separates me is most of these people don't shoot on the street. Right. And on your blog, there's week. like pictures, half the time it's like people in downtown New York or now it's travel. Yeah. A lot or of India it's, or in Italy. wherever. I Italy. Your pictures in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. But to get back to that idea is that, you know, people always dressed up. Are there a few more people right now? There's a few more people. But, you know, even when I started, Anna Piaggia, you know, super yep. famous for her style and extravagant. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there were also the thing that you're missing now 
is when I started, there were a lot more stylists who were true stylists in the sense that they really made their money putting looks together and they would go to shows dressed very stylishly to get noticed to hopefully get more jobs you know you had really well-dressed people that you don't have now because those stylists don't have enough followers or likes or whatever so they're not going to the shows they've been replaced by people with less style the influencer and uh, the influencer <laughs> and uh, and so that's one of the things i think that's really changed that makes it tougher you know before where maybe i got you know 30 shots in a day now maybe i get 10 that's and i'm lucky because i don't you know i make money in other ways so i come here i can shoot very much just what i want post it when i want i worked very hard to get to that position the bigger question also is why does it even matter why does it matter what these people who they are how they dress every day you know in my third book i took a picture from a prada runway and we purposely turned it upside down and I said, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, I don't care about the runway shows. It's too expensive. The clothes are too crazy. It doesn't relate to me. And I said, you know, we turned this picture upside down. It's a picture from Prada. And I said, just look at the colors. Look at the pattern combinations. Look, don't look for what the reality is. Look what you can get from it. Look what you can take from the ideas. You don't ever have to buy those clothes. And you could watch a Prada show and it could make a big impact on the way you dress because you could say, wow, I've never thought of putting those colors together. I've never thought of mixing those kind of patterns or that kind of scale, mixing, mixing genres. You know, there's so many things. And it's the same thing with street style. I don't know why it's one of those things that people think they have to grade whether somebody it's their true style. Mm. You know, some of the people, actually the two shots I got here were two young kids who were, you know, probably maybe their first, not going to a show, but like going to stand outside and to watch all their mm. heroes and to see their favorite fashion mm. editor. And they were really sweet kids. Mm. And, you know, they were a little overdressed, but there was a sweetness about it. And, and I love photographs like that because, you know, I don't think that they're necessarily well-dressed, but there was just something about the, the sweetness of who that kid was and the honesty of them. Is there not an element of photojournalism in that then? There is, I mean, and something like that, but I had a girl sent me a direct message the other day and said, you know, you took a picture of me one time and you posed me and I was so upset, you know, I thought you took these pictures for real and blah, blah, blah. Pictures are real, I'm not a photojournalist. Like, I take pictures the way that I want, with the light that I want. I want to take a picture mm. that gets people to understand and how sorry, I feel about the yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. She felt, I guess, that I was like a photojournalist and that I never posed anyone and I never moved anyone. Oh. And I wanted to say, by that time, two books had already come out. Yeah, Do you like, look at the really? books? Yeah. You think they just happened to be standing in the street looking straight at me and I just happened to take their picture? There's there's a lot that people bring to to photographs that I think are unimportant to bring. To me, that's why I really never write anyone's name on my pictures. I don't really... Mm. Uh, to me, it's very selfish in the way that I shoot because it's really what I get out of it. You know, is it the color? Is it... You know, I, sometimes I love the masculinity of the guy or femininity of a guy or mm. whatever's whatever they're bringing at that moment, that's what I want to capture, what I'm seeing from it. And uh, who they are, what they're wearing, to me is totally unimportant. And if you're putting a lot of emphasis on that, then you're probably not going to get as much from my work you know maybe you'll get more from somebody else that wants to tell you who the celebrity is at the show or who's wearing this designer product so you know that's maybe one of the only good things about having so many more photographers is you maybe find someone that has the voice that you want to to listen to scott thank you so much for sitting in the car with us and thank you 
That was the lovely Scott Schumann. Wasn't that interesting what he said about people expecting his photos not to have been constructed on any level or directed? It reminds me of um, when Tommy told us that he gets so much more excited about shooting vintage or archival pieces than runway looks, basically. Oh, yeah. Let's just hear a little bit about that. I get excited if someone's wearing archival Balenciaga from Nicolas Escher. It's like that matters more to me than, you know, someone that has a huge following and shows up wearing a sponsored look from the designer. But you also know what that archive collection would look like, and that is because you understand the history of fashion and well, you've done I'm, your homework. I'm secretly a girl, so that's right. what I... <laughs> what a cutie. I love Tommy. Hi. Hi. What are you wearing? I'm out of breath. <laughs> what, are you, what are you running down the street in right now? So we're late for the Chloe show. We're really late. As usual. I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, I can't breathe either. And it's also Arctic. It's very sunny and beautiful, but Arctic. I'm in a t-shirt and Cammy's in a mini skirt. I am wearing an Isabelle Marant bin liner skirt. Nice. Seriously, I can't breathe. <clears throat> okay. And I am in a sort of like military Joseph look because it's going to be that kind of day. And we're running into the Grand Palais, which I actually probably should like kind of run. <laughs> I'm not running more. You're wearing running shoes then. That's yeah, I can thing. run. I'm wearing Hugo Boss white lace ups. Yes. With a dash of red. I'm wearing heels. For but extra I'm fire. Used to it. Walking into the streets now, photographers here. You can see them all kind of noticing you walking in. So Sandra is taking photos here. Let's stand next to Sandra. Our friend Alexandra Carl, who is a stylist, has just walked in as usual. She's very understated, but she's wearing a really beautiful trench coat that is tucked under the shoulders. And a beautiful Louis bag, which looks like a rug. Okay, Sandra. Yeah. How do you decide when someone comes out whether you're going to shoot them? I am instinct, I guess. Yeah. If it looks right. I don't know. <laughs> no, Sorry, I'm a little like... <laughs> no. no, you just sense it. It's your, it's your natural instinct. Yeah, you just, it has to look right. It has to look like authentic on the person. Like, it has to match them. Amazing. But like, this is an easy one because this is Chloe. And yeah. I mean, Chloe is just amazing. It's a luck. So, it's like, a luck. If someone wears Chloe, it's gonna like... A beautiful girl in Chloe is just the best thing. Oh, someone famous is coming. Oh, there's That's Olivia Palermo. <laughs> Olivia Palermo is yeah. in the building. Yeah, Olivia Palermo is in the building. Sandra's after her. Sandra is after her like a dart. She can <laughs> smell her from a mile away. <laughs> Let's see what she's wearing. We haven't seen her yet. Yeah. Oh, here she comes. Oh, she's in Chloe. She's a Chloe girl. She's Hi, wearing a Chloe drapey navy yeah. blouse with a sporty pair of pants that has a yellow yeah with a military stripe down the side okay next we have georgia tordini approaches and jilda sandra is preparing her position here they come so the girls are walking in she's wearing purple from head to toe and a beautiful black coat draped over it and jilda is all in white so they're not clashing these are two extremely chic italian they have a brand called Attico, which is basically silk dresses and robes, like very, very bright and rich colors. So they've, yeah, and they've stopped giving. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sandra, a photo. So some girls rush right in and the others stop like, and can I do quickly one single again? wait yeah. for the photographer to get the right shot Sandra's shooting for Vogue Paris so people tend to give the time of day yeah obviously yeah always nice she's kind of a big deal hey. and Chiara just walks in Chiara Hrani the most famous blogger in the world wearing a red cape straight out of Harry Potter <laughs> because why literally, not literally seriously she's probably quite warm right now you're recording episode Three of fashion, fashion no, filter. no filter. Also naked with yeah. Sandra. Should we go in? I'm kind of cold. Wow, another beautiful fashion moment from Monica and Gary. So, what is more difficult, do you think, dressing for a fashion show or picking an outfit for a day? Those are the two tricks. Are you ones. kidding me? Uh, apparently, straight from the horse's mouth, I have it on good authority that. The simpler, the better for a date. You're supposed to wear tight jeans, a t-shirt, and heels. Jeans and heels, yeah. And here I was thinking, um, what do you mean, though? I thought that I was going to be able to wear my fashion girl outfit to my Bumble Day on Thursday. Yeah, that's not going to fly. <laughs> hey, Cammy. Mm-hmm. It's your favorite time of the episode. Yay, I get it's, to be on my phone again. That's right. It's time for social media break. Today, we're going to be calling out some of our favorite, perhaps not the biggest, not with the most followers, but our favorite street style girls who just have that that thing. The je ne sais quoi. Going on. The one that the street style photographers are going to go and I'm going to start. Hunt down. I'm going to shout out Alexandra Carl, the stylist. Girl, you look amazing. Always. Always looks wonderful. She's Scandinavian. She Also, her account features a lot of archival photography and her own work, so it's a beautiful... Her photography is wonderful. I think that stylists... This is my excuse. This is why they're such better photographers than us journalists. Stylists are with photographers all the time on shoots, and they learn the art themselves. No, but Alex has an amazing eye. I think she was born with it. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's an Instagram filter. I don't know. <laughs> Who else do you no love? No filter. No filter. Georgia Tordini. Love Georgia Tordini. The 
beautiful Italian designer of who the has Attico. a new brand yeah. to follow called the Attico, the Attico, which we vividly recommend. It's bright colors and beautiful fabrics. And she models her own collection and shows you how to style it on the street as well. Exactly. And then who else would I say? Oh, well, we have the tutorialist girlfriend, Jenny Walton. Always amazing. Beautiful Jenny Walton, an illustrator and a, has wonderful taste. Well, it's always really colorful and she wears a lot of vintage clothes. So you really do feel that you haven't seen it anywhere else. She looks like she could be from another era. I love that about her. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's an image of her in a pink Simon Rocher coat and a little um, bonnet sort of hat. Um, I've never seen anything quite like it. very delicate looking. She looks fantastic. She looks like something out of, um, you know, Singing in the Rain when she pops out of the cake. Yes. Sorry, guys. Our producer just shouted, uh, what about the boys? There are some fascinating uh, street style commentators on Instagram. Well, there's an account that just sort of popped up recently called Siduations. Genius. By a guy called Sid, who has got excellent photoshopping skills. And he imagines runway looks and street style looks, sort of eccentric street style looks in various real life situations, as in on the side of a mountain hiking with snow everywhere and llamas. Well, basically what he's doing is that he's reminding us that these um, that these fashion outfits have to actually function in real life and does it actually work? For instance, there's uh, this season Balenciaga made a coat that was asymmetrical and buttoned up on the side, which looked like, um, yeah, that you've done it all upside down. And he actually, pre- he sort of photoshopped it as if, um, as if you'd got caught Stuck in, in the an elevator. elevator. Um, Making it look like it was all... This is what happens in real life when you when you put your clothes on that way. Definitely one to follow. Next, we have a special guest with us in the studio today. Rosh Matani is the designer of Alighieri Jewelry. Each unique handmade piece in her collection is based on an interpretation of Dante's Divine Comedy. Rosh, it's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. I think the reason it's so interesting for us to talk to you is because we get the other side of the story, I suppose. You've got photographers on the one hand taking pictures of girls, and then you've got designers like yourself who are seeing pictures of your pieces on girls Mm. running around the street, giving you, I suppose, great exposure. Yeah. So we wanted to know, um, first of all, which one is it, chicken or the egg? Is it you sending out (laughs) your pieces to girls who have great style or is it girls wearing your your pieces being photographed? Let us know how it all started out. I think that's a really interesting question. When I first started, it was very much me reaching out to girls who I found inspiring and sending them things. And what's been really nice is to see that over the maybe the last year, it's sort of come full circle and the people who I admire are kind of coming to me and saying, can I wear this? And that's really lovely. And so it's this really like wonderful circle. People always ask me, does street style directly translate into sales or is it more of a like long game branding phenomenon? Can you speak to that? For me anyway, it's a long game branding experience because It's all about aligning your brand with people who, firstly, you like their style, obviously, and that they represent something you want to be associated with. Which goes back to what the street style photographers are telling us from the other end, because what they're saying is that it's not always very interesting for them to take a picture of a girl who's wearing something straight from the runway that's Mm. not mixed in with her own clothes. And they can see how sort of unnatural it is. So basically, product placement at this stage just doesn't just doesn't work. What helps is when someone wears the jewellery in a fun and interesting way, but sometimes with alongside other jewellery designers. You know, Rosh, you uh, are obviously a bit of an expert in the era of Dante. You majored in Italian literature at Oxford. Are, are you happy that you live in the age of street style and social media? Or would you have loved to 
have lived in a different age of marketing. Um, no, I really, really love it because it's the initiation of a conversation and then it mm. comes back to you. You can comment on it. And, mm. you know, Cami, you wore the Zsa, Zsa necklace recently with a Regina Pio coat. And I love that image. And I didn't know you were going to wear it that day in that way. And I, I really liked it. I've been it. wearing it every day. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, like, yeah. that's really fun for me because I make something and then I get to see how you wear it. And then editor from French Vogue come to see me at Paris Fashion Week and she said oh that necklace that I featured I just saw Cami wearing that and it kind of comes full circle it's a forum and it's a different kind of forum to the one that Dante would have had but in like (laughs) (laughs) what kind of forum was Dante Dante involved in actually had great street style he's always depicted wearing this red robe with like a big red like headscarf and a laurel (laughs) I mean, that is eccentric Wait, street style. that is a street style. That was a We've look. not tried that, that before. That was a look. And he's that was always... not just a moment. It was a look. Yeah, his, he was all about the image. <laughs> Rush, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming to speak to us. No, thanks for having me. This week on Risk Takers, we're going to be looking at the designers who have taken influencers off the street, their natural habitat, and put them instead on the runway. Dolce Gabbana actually did that in a massive, massive production in Milan. They sure did. You had... They had everybody from Christina Bazan. Princesses, uh, aristocrats. Olympia of Greece. Rock stars, children. Absolutely. All people that you know almost like from your Instagram feed. Even the fashion editor, Joe Ellison, who's very respected in the industry, was spotted on the runway. And it was a very um, diverse sort of catwalk show, like with lots of sizes, shapes, ages um, and... Races. I mean, it was really, it was a, quite an eclectic show, quite dynamic in a way. But I actually would argue that Courage did it in a far more interesting way, if you're going to talk about it in relation to the street star phenomenon. Because Sébastien Meyer and Arnaud Vaillant, uh, the way they cast their show was by inviting friends and family of the brand, so girls that they've always worked with, like Victoria Secria, the stylist, Elena Tillador, like all these girls who've just made a name for themselves, you know, like the proper stylists in this industry and asked them to wear clothes from the collection mixed in with their own clothes. So here you have a show that's not just featuring the new collection, but also people's, you know, like model zone, which is always a risky, it's a risky game to play. but it could catch on, actually. It's a risky game to play because what happens is that then ultimately, inevitably, people start asking about the clothes that don't belong to you and that you're not selling. And what do you answer? No, well, that I don't make the skirt. I just make the jacket or whatever. So it, it's a tricky game to play. But but, but maybe the, the selling power of street style and of that mixing of high and low will somehow translate into greater it. sales. I thought the show was really cool. It was really fun. Um, it was a presentation, yeah. actually. It wasn't a show. But it was in their office and it just had a lot of... It just felt really relatable and really real. And if we're talking about That's street style... That's the power style, of street style. Exactly. And if we're talking about how street style is impacting on the way we... We consume fashion. I thought that was a really interesting way um, to sort of change up the way a fashion sure. show is 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 being held. So next up, we have Avo on toast, as you know, places to go where you can Instagram something more than just your avocado on toast. And I'm not going to talk to you about London because everybody knows where I go every day in London. I'm, I'm... I don't know, Kemi. Where do you go every well, morning in London? Okay, good life eatery. <laughs> cough, cough. We all know I can't find Berry, sunrise, smoothie. I wake up dreaming of you. I go to sleep dreaming of you. 
So anyone in London, Good Life Eatery is your place to go. But we were thinking about maybe um, maybe giving a few shout outs um, to uh, places in other fashion cities. Paris in particular is difficult. Where should I get takeaway in Paris, Kemi? They well, make me sit down for my coffee. They're mean. I found this amazing little place called Sprezzatura. I don't know if you say it like that, but I'm going to say it like that. Um, Rue Turenne in the third arrondissement in Le Marais. And the reason it's so amazing is not only is it one of the only places in Paris that serves matcha latte with coconut milk, which I'm not sure you've tried that Big before. Deal. It's absolutely delicious. Big deal. But you can get a side order of high fashion. You can buy a Marcus Almeida jacket or um, a Regina Pugh coat as you're sipping on a very healthy drink. Which is what drink, we did. Which... Thank you guys for letting us actually drink matcha while trying on your extremely beautiful and expensive clothing. I don't know. I just, I just think in Paris, it's still quite rare to find places with things like almond milk. And it's one of the goodies. It's know, really yeah. friendly staff and beautiful store. So definitely one to stop buying. And the other one that I always, always think makes for a great Instagram picture is Maman in NYC on Centre Street which is just a little yeah. coffee coffee stop um, where actually it's the coffee cups themselves that are like beautiful They're accessories. accessories. They're beautiful. They're hand, like they've got like an artist to hand paint them and they have loads of different kinds and they're just really, really beautiful. Is the coffee good or does the it matter? coffee's delicious. No, no, no. The coffee is good. The coffee's good. No, but when a place gets it right, it often gets everything right. And these are, I think these, like those two places, the reason I have them on my top list is because you actually got five stars in every domain. You're making me want coffee. Yeah, we need to get a coffee. To finish... We have Caroline Freeland, who is a street style sensation as well as a singer and the great granddaughter of the legendary fashion editor, Diana Freeland. So I'm here with Caroline Freeland on her bed in her very sexy hotel <laughs> in London. And we have just ordered two glasses of wine, which is not the way we normally Cheers. conduct interviews. But hey, we've had a very long week. But I wanted to sit down with her today because she is one of the street stars superstars, one of the girls who gets How photographed kind of all the time. <laughs> um, and therefore, sort of, that brands are desperate to work with because I guess you're kind of an ambassador. So would you like to, like, talk to us about why you attend the shows, how you get dressed in the morning, explain a little bit of, like, the whole process so that people can understand? Well... It's all very scrambled, I'd say, <laughs> in terms of getting ready. Um, as you can see, my stuff is everywhere. I just sort of pull out the first thing I can find. But um, I have been lucky enough to be invited by certain designers who are friends of mine to see their shows. And it's always quite nice because they'll always lend you a piece or two. And But what I like to do is not always do a full look. I like to sort of incorporate my own things into it to sort of keep my own vibe. Um, that's important to me because I'm as I discover myself in my fashion sense and all that, which I really think you don't, maybe you, you're so good and you always know exactly what you're wearing. But for me, it's still always a learning process. I'm still kind of discovering like what my style is. So in that, I always try to keep one or two signature things that are my own in the look. But I really only just started doing it a couple of years ago. And so it's all been relatively new to me. And ever since I started really embracing the whole Instagram world, I really started realizing that having a relationship with brands is not only lucrative, but, and, but it's a, it's a really nice way to, I wouldn't use, say the word tool, but, um, since I'm a musician, I sort of like to incorporate fashion in my life as like a way to sort of expand into different realms, um, to get my name out there and, and to promote my music. And so 
it's really helpful to work with brands. I mean, would you wear something that you really didn't like, be it either for a lot of money or because someone that you really like has asked you to, a friend maybe that's a designer? How does that work? I wouldn't do that. I think maybe in the beginning when I was sort of figuring out what this whole world was like, I would really try to do it, especially if it was someone I really liked. But now, um, no, I think it does the brand a disservice if, if I were to wear something that I didn't particularly love. And I think that the audience, the people that are looking on and looking at the following me and looking at my things. The reason why I'm asking you this is because I think a lot of people have started to criticize influencers and bloggers, accusing them of perhaps not having a real sense of style, that they're basically just clothes horse or walking billboards. What would you say to that? Um, this is this hits pretty close to home, um, especially because I'm sure you saw the whole Vogue debacle um, last season. I think, you know, it's hard because while the girls and boys that are doing the fashion blogging, obviously they love fashion, but it's also now become a business, right? And to work with these brands, that's their livelihood. But I also think if you don't embrace the way things are moving forward, then that's just a detriment to you and to your business. So while I wasn't a blogger, maybe that they were referencing in that article, I was still offended by it. Um, especially since my great grandmother, you know, was the editor of Vogue in, in her time. And I just don't think that that's what she stood for. I think the reason that she left such a big mark was because, you know, she really, she saw the heart in the youth and she saw that that's where things were going. I mean, that's why I've been proud to be connected to her and connected to this world at all. That's my biggest connection to the fashion world is through Diana Vreeland. And I don't think she would have been a part of this conversation. She would have, I mean, she looked at Mick Jagger and said, bring the lips. She looked at Barbara Streisand's nose and said, that's it. She was excited by those flaws and by those new, that new breath of fresh air. I think what's interesting with you um, in terms of being one of the street star stars is that you are so sexy because in fashion being sexy, no, but don't, don't disregard it because in fashion being sexy is not a thing. Like, you know, you're it's definitely not a thing. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. and, and sort of like discreet and demure. And like, even if you do have a huge, um, you know, like ample bosom. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to cover it up. And I think you yeah. really embrace and sort of are a voice for girls who want to be fashionable, but who also want to be sexy. And like, that means a lot to me because when I first started you know, doing editorial a couple of years ago and was in this world, I've been sent home from photo shoots, uh, Italian Vogue, for instance, where they were like, we just cannot fit your boobs into the clothes. And so for a little while, I was like, fuck, you know, how do I have a place in this world? And, you know, I want to be fashionable. I want to wear these things, but my body type isn't, I can't do it. You know what I mean? And if I want to wear something low cut, then is it slutty? And I've said it before, it really was Corrine Reutfeld who embraced me. And she said, and this is why I think she's so important and why she really reminds me of Deanna, because she saw my boobs and said, I, you know, I said, be, be careful for before the shoot. Do you know about my, my sizes? <laughs> Do you know about my boobs? <laughs> Have you gotten the memo? Have you met the boobs? <laughs> yeah. And she said to me, darling, we've already asked Alexander Vautier to make you a bra. We know about it. The whole story is the boobs. I always feel when I'm looking at your thing that you have an exact idea of who you are. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much thank for chatting Thank you. What a, what a pleasure. And we're just going to finish our wine now. <laughs> so that's it. We've heard from the three pillars of the street style phenomenon. 
The photographers who are running around capturing the influencers who are wearing the beautiful clothes made by the designers. So there you go. Come full circle. <laughs> thank you, Scott. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Caroline. And thank you, Roche. See you next time. Uh, see you next time on Fashion No Filter. What about this knit for my Bumble Day then? <laughs> Still no. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.